Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today I have a few questions. How can somebody fake a smile? Is faking a smile good for someone's mental health? And who tends to put on a fake smile? So what distinctions can be drawn between a genuine and a fake smile? A genuine smile conveys a feeling of happiness or enjoyment. A fake smile conceals negative emotions like arrogance, contempt, embarrassment, sarcasm, appeasement, frustration, or nervousness. A fake smile can also just indicate being polite, right? This is a socially accepted practice, so there doesn't have to be any affect behind it at all. Right, it's just there so somebody can seem nice. Morphologically, genuine smiles mainly involve changes in two areas in terms of what we see on the face, the mouth and the eye region. With the mouth, we see the corners of the lips are turned up and pulled backwards. Also, we see the upper lip is raised and the teeth are exposed. In terms of the eye region, we see the cheeks are lifted up and the eye opening is narrowed. This causes wrinkles around the eyes. So these changes in the eye region are referred to as the Duchenne marker. Now the movement around the eye region is less subject to voluntary control than the movement around the mouth. So one theory about genuine smiles would be that both regions would have to be engaged, whereas fake smiles would be indicated by the absence of the Duchenne marker. Therefore, the science of detecting fake smiles often focuses on the eye region. Now, an important note here, some people are able to manifest the Duchenne marker even though they are faking a smile. So this method of detecting fake smiles doesn't always work. Now, we see some other distinctions between genuine and fake smiles. We know that genuine smiles tend to have a slower onset and a slower offset than fake smiles. So they're more gradual in terms of their development and they fade away more slowly. In terms of the total duration of the smile, Genuine smiles last longer. One study reported that genuine smiles last about five seconds and fake smiles last about three seconds. Now, genuine smiles are also associated with smooth and more regular facial movements. Fake smiles can look strained and unusual. Genuine smiles are more intense than fake smiles, about three times as intense. I've seen a lot of research on this theory of facial asymmetry as well. 
The idea here is that spontaneous smiles are different than posed smiles in terms of which side of the face expresses emotions first. The theory is that spontaneous expressions begin on the left side of the face and posed expressions begin on the right side of the face. These studies are really quite interesting, but we see later research that has found there's no difference in terms of facial asymmetry between the types of smiles. So with these mixed findings, I don't have a lot of confidence in this theory of asymmetry. There's also the area of irregularity to consider. Genuine smiles have greater irregularity. We see more variance in terms of the strength and the duration. Posed smiles tend to follow a prototypical pattern. They all tend to look similar, right? So if somebody's forcing a smile, that kind of makes sense. All those four smiles are going to look pretty much like other four smiles, whereas genuine smiles are going to have more variance in how they appear. One of the major challenges around detecting a fake smile has to do with what non-happy eye region expression is being manifested, right? That's what they call it, non-happy eye region expression. For example, a fake smile when somebody's angry is harder to detect than a fake smile when somebody is disgusted. Now, anger and fear are more distinctive in the eye region, meaning that these two emotions are more associated with the eye region and not associated with other regions of the face. So essentially, you can see anger and fear in someone's eyes, and you really can't see it anywhere else as easily. Sadness and surprise are similarly recognizable from both regions, the eye region and the mouth. So seeing someone's eyes or their mouth can help you determine if they are sad or surprised. Happiness and disgust are more distinctive in the mouth. So if you can see somebody's mouth, that gives you the most information about whether they are happy or disgusted. So if somebody mainly looks at somebody else's mouth to figure out what mood that person is in, they're going to incorrectly categorize many fake smiles as being genuine smiles because they're missing the eye region, which is important for making that distinction. The overall accuracy for people being able to detect a fake smile is about 65%. 80% of individuals will have an accuracy level above that of chance. So fake smiles are much easier to detect than something like lies, but there are still a lot of fake smiles that are interpreted as being genuine smiles. So in talking about the detection of fake smiles, we really only have one type of genuine smile. That's when somebody is actually smiling and they have happy eyes. They have the Duchenne marker. And then we're left with six types of fake smile. Angry, disgusted, fearful, sad, surprised, and neutral. There, of course, can be many other combinations of these emotions, but this is what we see in the research literature. These are the types that are studied. It's theorized that there could be as many as 50 different types of fake smiles in reality. So it's not only about distinguishing a genuine smile from a fake smile, it's figuring out what type of fake smile somebody is expressing. One's ability to detect a fake smile is highly dependent on what type of fake smile we're talking about. To study people with a variety of fake smiles, Researchers typically use images that are composites of non-happy eyes with a genuine smile. So the non-happy eyes come from one photograph, and the mouth expressing a genuine smile comes from another. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. 
Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor, so while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. Some of these combinations have been criticized as being a bit artificial. For example, the angry smile and the disgusted smile. Although technically we do see all of these types of fake smiles, at least once in a while in the population. In my opinion, a disgusted smile would be actually somewhat common, certainly more common than an angry smile. The angry smile is the only one I think of as kind of unusual. So when looking at that facial expression, I don't tend to see that too often. Either way, though, this is a common method in the research for testing participant reactions. So what are the results from this type of research? Well, angry smiles are typically quickly recognized as being non-happy smiles, right? So that makes sense because they're so unusual. Sad, fearful, and disgusted smiles take a little bit longer to identify as non-happy. And surprised smiles and neutral smiles are the most difficult to recognize as being non-happy. So moving on to another question, who uses fake smiles? Well, we really don't see a lot of research on this area, like who has a tendency to use a fake smile or a particular type of fake smile. I think we could divide who uses fake smiles into two general categories though. People who are forced to or pressured to and people who want to do so for some type of material gain. So it helps them to manipulate other people. Now, both of these categories make sense based on what we know about a genuine versus a fake smile. Individuals tend to exhibit greater cooperation towards someone displaying a genuine smile. They also tend to trust people with genuine smiles. For example, we see a greater willingness to purchase items from people with genuine smiles. But there's also a downside to faking a smile. And I'll talk about that in a few moments. Fake smiling actually causes harm to everybody. So let's take a closer look at that first category, people who are forced to fake a smile. We know that companies that serve the public directly tend to pressure their employees into using a fake smile. For example, a salesperson in a retail environment, a receptionist working in a professional setting, or waitstaff in restaurants. We even see little signs hanging around these companies reminding employees to smile. Now we know, of course, that this is harmful, but I don't really see this trend changing. If anything, I think it's really getting worse. More companies are wanting more people to smile more often. We even see a phrase associated with this, service with a smile. In some research, we see the terms emotional labor and surface acting. So 
these are areas of interest that are starting to be studied. So essentially, employers are pressuring employees to be inauthentic. So how about that second category? People who are trying to manipulate others. We see that fake smiling is used quite effectively by individuals who have dark triad traits. So this would be a subclinical manifestation of psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism. Individuals who have a clinical manifestation of psychopathy or narcissism would also tend to use a fake smile more often. So this would be like antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. Machiavellianism does not have a clinical counterpart, right? So it's subclinical only. Typically, individuals who try to manipulate others are not going to maintain a fake smile continually for many hours, but rather they use fake smile strategically to manipulate the person in front of them. So in a sense, I think individuals who use fake smiles to manipulate are at less risk from some of the harmful factors associated with that behavior. So let's take a look at some of the risks we see with fake smiling. What are the consequences of this behavior? Well, on the person who is doing the fake smiling, we know that fake smiles are emotionally draining to maintain. Repeatedly faking smiles has been associated with mental and physical health problems, decreased job satisfaction, exhaustion, aggression, substance use, and burnout. So how about on the receiving end? Like if you're looking at somebody who's faking a smile, right? What does that do to the person who's seeing that? Well, I'm not aware of any studies on how this affects people. We don't know if it affects people at all. I tend to find it a bit unnerving, really for both categories, but for different reasons. In terms of looking at somebody who's forced to fake a smile, it's irritating that companies would push people to be inauthentic when dealing with the public. It's like a form of deception, asking them to be phony. Now, I realize it's socially acceptable, but I still don't like it. The bottom line here is these companies are asking workers to do something that leads to a negative outcome for the worker. For the second category, people who manipulate, fake smiling is just one of the many tools that those with the dark triad can use to cause harm. So this is clearly deleterious. It makes it so that people are understandably uneasy when they see a fake smile, regardless of the origin. All the more reason that this should not be encouraged really anywhere. So what can be done about fake smiling? Well, it's not like an epidemic or anything, right? We don't see a lot of people calling out for the end of fake smiles. It's a relatively minor issue compared to the other threats that we see to mental health, right? So it's pretty low on the list. But I think it's something that does deserve a closer look. I realize that many companies that encourage this practice believe that the positive outcomes, like more sales and happier customers, outweigh the negative effect on their workers. I can appreciate this point of view. Strictly at a financial level, they're probably right. It's probably worth it just looking at the money. But I would have more respect for a business that encouraged their employees to be authentic instead of telling their workers to hide their feelings and try to trick the public. An employee can be helpful, friendly, knowledgeable, and productive without faking a smile. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Breitigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, 
visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.